Blog Talk Radio. Football fans to another fantastic, fabulous, entertaining, exciting, exhilarating show of the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. I am your host, Neek, my man, man, Mr. C. What's going on in beautiful California? How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, Neek. How are you? Ah, man, I'm doing good, man. We got a big show tonight, man. Let's get through this show. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's show is the NFL Free Agency Preview Show. Some of these teams already got started today. Uh, we already know that the day before free agency, um, teams can verbally agreement, uh, can make a verbally agreement in principle on a deal, but they can't make the deal official until tomorrow, which will be at 4 o'clock Eastern time. But, man, Chuck, there's already some teams that are already rocking and rolling today, and that is definitely – I want to start with those San Francisco 49ers because it was interesting today on the flight – I had back here to Texas. I was talking to a guy, and he said, man, I hope my 49ers do something big, man. I I really like Kyle Shanahan. I think he's a good coach, but I don't know if he's the right guy. Um, I don't know if if he can be able to lead this team, but I don't know if he's attracting enough to bring in enough free agents. I said, look here, man. You see what he did in Atlanta. You saw what he did with Matt Ryan. There's going to be a lot of free agents going to be definitely – um, excited and hungry to play for a, a coach like that who's basically offense a genius. I mean, you you saw what he did with Matt Ryan in that Atlanta Falcons offense. But I'm telling you right now, the 49ers, they are re-signed. Their best wide receiver last year, Jeremy Curley. I know that's not saying much because they didn't have much of a receiving core last year. He had 64 catches for him last year. Um, they also announced today that they will be signing uh, quarterback Brian Hoyer, who also has a good shot to start for this franchise who looking to be the San Francisco 49ers uh, starting quarterback in the 2017 season. He actually gets $10 million in guaranteed money, $10 million for Brian Hoyer, who's still, still getting paid, man. Um, they also signed fullback, uh, former Ravens fullback Kyle Juzic, to a four-year $21 million deal. And they also signed former Bill Speedy wide receiver Marquise Goodwin to a two-year $8 million deal. And they will announce tomorrow that they have signed outside linebacker, former Raiders, also former Seattle Seahawks, uh, Super Bowl MVP of a couple years ago, uh, Malcolm Smith, who had 103 tackles and interception. So with that being said, Chuck, what do you think about some of these moves, man, that these Niners make? Uh, I think so far so good. They really didn't have a choice because this team stunk, stunk to high heaven last year. They were 2-14. and 14. They lacked talent. They did have a few pieces, talented pieces here and there, remnants, maybe remnants of the Harbaugh era. But as we know, when Harbaugh was there, this team was very talented. But that team left in many different ways. And this team was horrible last year. So they're re-signing the people they think, the talented people they think they played hard last year and, and could be with the team moving forward. 
now they're bringing in uh, when it's official they're going to be bringing in some other talented pieces as far as Kyle Shanahan being attractive for free agency I think that depends like why would a veteran player that's looking to play on a championship team go to the 49ers they wouldn't that would be stupid of them uh the reason people may go to the 49ers is because they're looking for a fresh start they're looking for more playing time or they want money you know and the 49ers in a position to offer those things to to the players looking for that. Now, veteran players that's been started somewhere else, for example, you know, I, we'll probably get to this later, but we all know Tony Romo is going to be available tomorrow. Uh, and I had people ask you, you think 49ers? No, he's not going to go to the 49ers. He's old. He wants to go to a he, – he's won one playoff game. He wants to go to a team that compete that, that can compete and go to the playoffs are just a step away from the playoffs. 49ers is about they about 15 miles, 27 kilometers from the playoffs. So he wouldn't want to go to a team like that. But a guy like Brian Hoyer, you know, they pay him some money. He get paid. He get a starting role. He get a fresh start. Great place for him to go. So, you know, so I think they're going to be very active in free agency, which they have to be. And this is going to be John Lich's and Kyle Shanahan's first draft. I look for them to, uh, you know, make a splash in the draft as well. You know, this is their first year. This is, they're just now dipping their toe, toes in the pool. And you know what? They they got to go in strong, and that's what they're doing. <clears throat> All right. News out of Miami. The Dolphins re-signed <clears throat> their speedy slot receiver, Kenny Steels, to a four-year $32 million contract. He will get $20 million guaranteed. Ooh, Kenny Steele getting paid. The Dolphins also re-signed defense in Andre Branch to a three-year, $27 million contract. He had five and a half sacks for him last year. And also, uh, former Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker Lawrence Timmons is in Miami visiting. Mm, that would be an interesting fit because we all know that the Dolphins do need linebackers and getting Timmons to go with Kiki Alonso if they – Go ahead and sign uh, Timmons. That will actually not be a bad, not bad uh, tandem right there. Kiko Alonso and uh, and Lawrence Timmons, not bad. All right, Bucks re-signed defense in William Golston to a five-year, thirty-seven million dollar contract with thirteen point three uh, million dollars guaranteed. Uh, Colts re-signed tight end Jack Doyle to a three-year, nineteen million dollar deal. He's coming off of a career year, 59 catches, 584 yards. Um, the Colts and the Patriots also made a trade today. The Colts traded uh, tight end Dwayne Allen to the New England Patriots. We don't know the terms of the deal, but it looks like it's going to be a fourth or fifth round um, draft pick. Chuck, so let me ask you this, man. You already know, man. This is what Belichick loves to do, man. You know he loves them two tight end sets. So do you think, because right now, uh, Martelli has been, we know he's going to get paid. He got his ring. He's ready to finish out his career with another huge payday. So uh, with him moving on, do you like this move getting Dwayne Allen? Because we already know that the Colts signed Dwayne Allen to a big contract a couple years ago, but um, now they're going to be losing him, and I guess it's going to be the Jack Doyle show in uh, in uh, Indianapolis. Well, Dwayne Allen, he hasn't put up the numbers. He's He's been very uh, – his numbers have been very pedestrian from the tight end position. Um, you know, they try I guess they try to use him more in the run as well. But now he has a new he has a new breath. He has a new life. He has Tom Brady. He has the greatest quarterback that's ever played this game. Yada yada yada. 
Andrew Luck, very talented guy. Very talented guy, but Indianapolis Colts offense, very different than New England Patriots offense. So, Martellus Bennett, last year he had a fantastic season for the New England Patriots. Went all the way to the Super Bowl. Like you said, he got his ring, and he said, I'm out. Got my ring, I'm out. Now I'm about to go get paid some more so I can retire off in the sunset with my one ring. Dwayne Allen, he should have been jumping for joy when this when this when this was made. Uh we'll see we'll see how he fits in. Gronk should be back next year. And we I, I doubt he plays the entire season, but he should be back at the beginning of the, uh, next season, I'm guessing. I'm assuming. So Dwayne Allen is another body that goes in there. And as we know, the 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 Patriots, they must see something in this guy. They must see a way, McDaniels must see a way, see something in him see something in Dwayne Allen that he can pull out. Just like Kyle Shanahan saw something in Matt Ryan that he pulled out. But Matt Ryan was already playing at a high level, and Kyle Shanahan took him to the next. You know, Maybe with Dwayne Allen, they can boost his numbers. I mean, he only had 35 receptions last year. You know what? If he could get 50 receptions for New England next year, you know, 700 yards, maybe 8, 9, 10 touchdowns, I think it, it would be a great year for him. Obviously, it would be the best year of his career. But if they can get that from him, I think it would be a great move. Um, <clears throat> so, we know how the Patriots do. They pull in people off the dump heap of other teams, and they get them Super Bowl ranks. <laughs> All right. Buffalo Bills made a lot of news today. <clears throat> they went ahead and re-signed Tyrod Taylor. Actually, they reconstructured his contract. And they also – Yeah, that's a big two- difference. Yeah, yeah. They also um, um, signed two fullbacks today, which is pretty interesting. Um, they signed former Falcons fullback Patrick DeMarco to a four-year deal, $8.5 million with $4 million guaranteed. And they also signed former Carolina Panthers fullback Mike Tolbert to a one-year deal. And then they signed guard Vladimir Dukas, uh, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens, who started eight games from last year. It was actually a good, good deaf guy. <clears throat> and has good quality depth uh, to the Bills' offensive line. So, man, the Sean McDermott era has started in Buffalo, and it's kind of interesting because we already know the Bills had, what, the sixth-ranked uh, rushing offense last year. I mean, they ran the ball pretty well, but I'm looking like, what, what are they doing with this offense heading this season? You got two fullbacks now to go with Shady McCoy, and we already know Tyrod Taylor likes to scramble as well. This is going to be interesting, man. Do you, do you like do, – what do you think when, when, when a new coach comes in – and he signs two fullbacks. We're talking about two fullbacks who are starters. So what do you think about this, man? What do you think Sean McDermott, what kind of offense he might be trying to run in Buffalo? I love it. I think he's he's a throwback. I think he's trying to bring back the fullback because for a while, fullbacks were endangered species. Uh, you know, we had these H-backs and uh, other – because of, it's all because of the spread offense in college, which I hate. Uh, where the fullback pretty much almost became non-extinct. They almost ended in the mu- ended up in the museum with Tyrannosaurus Rex. But now, fullbacks are coming back in vogue. You, you know, my Bengals, we got a fullback slash H-back. Uh, you know, other teams, we know the Ravens used to uh, use fullback a lot. So these other teams, Buffalo Bills, I love it. Bring in two fullbacks. You can use them many different ways. You can put you can put one on the line. You can put one in the backfield. You can have you can never have too many fullbacks. And what it tells me, looking at these moves, is they're going to focus on the run next year. They know they're a little deficient 
at the quarterback position. So what's the quarterback's best friend? It's a great, it's a good running game, and they're trying to make a good running game by bringing in these fullbacks. Uh, who's uh, is between? They're between a running back and an offensive lineman. They're between a running back. They're between a, a you know a tight end and an offensive lineman. You know they're they're that skill position who could, should also be able to block and also be able to pick you up a few yards every now and then. Also be able to catch the ball out the backfield and to protect your quarterback. So I think the Bills next year they're going to be a running team, uh, which they should have been all along. Which I guess they were. You know, they, they were number one in rushing last year, but they want to keep that up, continue that, and hopefully get them a quarterback in the process. But signing two fullbacks is a beautiful thing. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> you know what, Chuck? I agree with you on that, man, because it's like, what happened to the fullbacks, man? You, you know, my type of offense I like to run is that smash-mouth football. You know, I like to control the clock. That's the type of guy I am. 16-play drive, wear down your defense, have your have your defense over there with your hands on your hips. You know, that that's what I love, man. I just love controlling that clock, just getting up there, smash my football, nothing like it. And, and like you said, man, I, I don't like that spread offense. I don't like that three-play score drive. No, nah, I, I don't like that, man. I mean, let's get back to what football, how it originated from the game. Where you had a fullback, you got the running back, you run out that eye formation, that near, that pro offense, you know. I mean, I know a lot of people think it's boring, but, hey, you know, you're trying to win. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're playing football, it's like playing chess. You know, you're trying to control that clock and win the game, you know. So, I, I agree that's with you, man. I, I, that's, yeah, it's that's old school. That's the, that's the football we grew up on. Uh, everybody know Mike Allstott. Uh, what was your boy from uh, the Chargers? Uh, uh, Leonard, uh, what was his name? He had the big neck roll. Muscle, he yeah. played for like 40 years. Uh, yeah, I, I, I uh, uh, Oh man, I can't think of his name off the tip of my tongue. Uh, I know you're talking about. Uh, you supposed to know this, nigga. You're supposed to be the man. Nah, you're supposed to be in the nah, I know, man. Like, I know, man. I just, I, I just forgot right now because I was thinking about my boy Vontae Leach and you know out of Baltimore. And uh, I know you're talking about, man. I, I can't think of his name right now, man. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, was it Neil? Was the last name Neil? Lorenzo Neil. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah, Lorenzo Neil. Yep, I knew it was an L in there somewhere. Yeah, those type <laughs> of guys. Lorenzo, Lorenzo Neil. I even remember. Uh, didn't uh, your boy? You remember Jacob Hester? Didn't he? Didn't he play yep. fullback a little bit for a yep. while? Uh, yep. I think he. I think yeah, he played with the Chargers too. Uh, oh, Mike Tolbert right now doing yep. his thing. Like he's underrated. Uh, yep. for the for the Panthers, Mike Tolbert. So the but now you know. But the Bills just signed him, Chuck. The Bills just oh yeah, Mike. Oh yeah, that's what you said. But I mean, formerly the Carolina yeah, Panthers, yeah. he did his thing down there. So uh, fullback is it's a specialized position, man. You got to know, you got to be able to incorporate it into your offense. And obviously, the Bills had it in their plan. And then also, fullbacks make great great special teams. Mm-hmm. So fullbacks, they can go in there for specialized plays, plays they need to be in there. Then boom, stay on the field for special teams. So. It's a win-win when you sign fullbacks. All right. Cincinnati Bengals resigned wide receiver Brandon LaFell. The Falcons resigned quarterback Matt Schaub. Um, Dallas Cowboys will be releasing Tony Romo tomorrow, which is no big surprise news. We'll touch on Tony Romo here in a little bit. And the Cowboys also had uh, former Browns quarterback Josh McCown in for a visit today. Um, let's see here. We got the Arizona Cardinals signed. Uh, pass rush specialist Chandler Jones to a long-term deal that will pay him $50 million guaranteed. Um, the Detroit Lions signed former uh, Falcons middle linebacker Paul Warlu, and they will be announcing tomorrow that they will be signing right tackle, free agent right tackle Rickney, Ricky Wagner 
to a $9 million a year deal for a right tackle. Man, that's just crazy, man. Right tackle's getting paid $9 million a year, but hey, you know, the salary cap going up, that's what these players are getting paid today. Um, the Jags will be making big announcements tomorrow that they have signed former Cowboys safety Barry Church to a four-year deal over $6 million a year. Um, they also uh, will be making an announcement tomorrow that they will be signing Khalees Campbell, the big free agent, uh, uh, fish on the market, man. I, I wanted my Raiders to get him, but, hey, I, I don't know what this contract is, but it's going to be big because the Jags had a lot of money. And I'm telling you right now, Chuck, I know I say it all the time, <laughs> and I know you're about to get on me, but I'm telling you, man, I, I told you my Raiders, they had a three-year plan. They got it done. But they had a quarterback. I know Blake Bortles, this is probably going to be his last year. But, man, when you look at that defensive side of the ball, I mean, uh, my boy Yannick, the rookie from uh, Maryland last year, he had, what, uh, he had eight sacks. Then you got Malik Jackson, who they signed a free agent from Denver. Remember, he got paid that big money. He had six and a half sacks last year. And then you got Arby Jones to go with Cedric March, Sheldon Day, and Tyson Alulu. And then you got Chris Smith, and then the linebacker core, man, Telvin Smith, Paul Spinuski, Miles Jack, and then the cornerbacks, that's if they resign Prince of Macamore. Then you have Jalen Ramsey, then the free safety position, Tashawn Gibson, and then uh, now with Barry Church in there, which is the upgrade over Jonathan Cyprian. Man, that defense, come on, man. If they ain't in the top five or top ten next year, Man, I'm sorry. They defense coordinated to be fired, fired man, because that, that don't make sense, man. I mean, all that talent over there, come on, man. I know it's got to gel together. I understand that. But, man, getting Khalid's Campbell and Barry Church, man, all you got to do now, because there's another rumor that they're closing in trying to get um, the Texans corner, A.J. Bayou. If they get him, man, Chuck, on paper, I'm just saying on paper, this is a top ten defense. Well, they were the top ten defense last year. So, well, top five. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's possible. But uh, I said the best friend of a quarterback is the running game, and the best friend of the defense is the running game. Like the running game is just cheating on everybody. The running game, running around cheating with everybody. But that's true. Is but the Jacksonville Jaguars last year they didn't have a running game. I mean, it, their offense, they didn't have an offense, period. The offense was pretty terrible. Uh, and the defense could be the greatest defense in the world, but you need some resemblance of an offense. Even that legendary Ravens defense from, what, what year was that, 2001, uh, where the defense, one of the best defenses we ever seen, and uh, offense was just okay. Trent Dilfer was just a manager. It was just okay. Well, Chuck, so let me let me ask you this real quick. You say they don't have a running game, so they spent all that money bringing Chris Ivory last year. We know he only had less than 500 yards, only played in 11 games. But I think what it is, Chuck, so you tell me, because we already know how you felt about Kevin Beecham. We already know about Luke Joko and, and the rest of the offense line, because they only have two solid linemen and Brandon Linder and A.J. Kane. That's about it. Jeremy Parnell, he's already the right tackle. So basically what it boils down to me, because what I think, they have the running guy, running running back, Chris Ivory. You already know what he did in New York. So basically, Chuck, is it the offensive line then? Absolutely. You hit it, it right is. on the head. And it, always, and it always starts with the offensive line. It always starts in the trenches. I say that every show, and I will say that until infinity. It always starts in the trenches. Start with the offensive line and the defensive line. Who wins that battle? If the defensive line wins that battle, the offense is in trouble. Offensive line wins that battle. The defense, they're going to be making the tackle 5, 10, 15, 
60 yards down the field. And obviously, his offensive line, fans, if you listen to the show, you know how I feel about Kevin Beecher, so I'm not going to get into this because we've already mentioned his name way too much. But dude is – anyway, I ain't going to go there. But, yeah, this offensive line, <laughs> they need they need an overhaul. It's uh, and it's some and it's some gonna be some talent out there, you know. I don't know if we're gonna get into this later, but it's some it's some talent out there at the offensive line position. And yes, they're bringing in these other pieces, but they go out there and bring in uh, veteran offensive linemen. I think it will serve them very well. I understand. Yes, it's great to bring in these these great defensive names, but you need to fix that line. You need to run the ball. Because your defense is talented as they want to be, but they're going to be out there, and it's like they're going to be running a marathon. They're going to be so tired because uh, they're always on the field. And everybody know how I feel about Blake Bortles, so I ain't going to knock them. But that offense, it, it, it that really needs the overhaul. Yes, you can be all excited about this defense. Yes, there's talent over there. But you're still not going to win games. Your defense could be the top five defense. They were number six last year. They could be top five next year. And if your offense is still – at the ass end of the offenses, you still going to end up with a losing record. They was 3-13 and last year. You add these two great pieces, you don't fix the offense. They're 5-11 and uh, they're five and 11 next year. Whoopee, you won two more games. You know, so they have to address this offense. Uh, but, yeah, they're putting some talented pieces on the side of the ball. But I wouldn't get all that excited because it, it's, it's a team sport and the defense can only do so much. All right, news out of Baltimore. The Ravens, they beat the Browns to the punch. I wouldn't say that, but the Browns did have a lot of money offer uh, safety Tony Jefferson, and they had the highest offer on the table. But Tony said, nah, I can't go to Cleveland, man. Yeah, I know I'm going to get paid, but I still want to be in the playoff contention, man. And and they do have Eric Weddle, and I know they have another hole at the other spot, man, safety spot, so – I think that'd be a good fit because if I go to Cleveland, I'm just going to be the man. That's it. I don't know what else is around me. I don't know what direction that team is heading. But at least he knows with Baltimore Ravens organization, we already know that they have a good tradition there and a good uh, GM and Ozzie Newsom. So with that being said, the uh, Ravens will be signing uh, Tony Jefferson, the safety from the uh, Arizona Cardinals, which is a great pickup because when you look at the duel now of uh, your boy Eric Weddle, and Tony Jefferson, we're talking about an aggressive safety duel, man, that will knock your head off and can fly around to the ball. And I like this signing for the Ravens. They also announced that they will be signing Danny Woodhead, the ex-Charger running back, which is another good pickup for this team. And they also they announced that um, to be able to bring in and afford Tony Jefferson, they went ahead and released uh, former starting cornerback, Darius Webb uh, releasing him saves on 5.5 million in salary cap space. Uh, news out of Chicago: The Bears are the front runners to land quarterback Mike Glennon. And the Bears will be pretty much making an announcement over the next two days that they will be signing Mike Glennon to an offer sheet that will exceed 14 to 16 million dollars a year. We're talking about Mike Glennon, a backup. You know, I know he's young. He's only, what, about 24, 25 years old. But we're talking about Mike Glennon going to be getting paid 14 to $16 million a year. 
for this Bears. So he's basically going to be the Bears franchise QB. Chuck, I'm going to let you chime here in a minute. And also the Bears are the front runners to be signing quarterback Stephon Gilmer. They already said he's already in Chicago. He's pretty much ready to put the ink to the paper. And they're saying that Stephon Gilmer is probably going to be getting paid 14 to $15 million a year as well, which is ridiculous amount of money. So with that being said, Chuck, how do you feel, man, about Mike Lennon being the franchise face of the Chicago Bears? I mean, I don't really have any feelings because I'm not a Bears fan, but I will <laughs> I will analyze it in that uh, that's that's the guy they want. You know, they think he he's going to lead their team to the promised land. Now, we look at what he's done so far he, since he's been in the NFL. We know his rookie year. He had a pretty great he – had, he had a pretty decent outing for uh, a rookie quarterback. You know, I think he started like 13 games or whatever it was. Uh you know, he – but the main thing about when you look at Mike Lennon, the main thing you have to say is he take he, he does know how to take care of the football. And that's something that we know my boy Jay Cutler could not do or did not choose to do. He, he, he could care either less. He, he could care either way. You know, whether he threw a touchdown or threw a pick, it's all the same to him. Now they need a guy. They want a guy to be able to take care of the football. And Mike Lennon is that guy. He's a big guy. We know he has a strong arm. You know, in Tampa Bay, he did some good things in a limited role. So now let's bring him in and see. We'll give him a entire offense and say, this is your team. This is your team. You ain't got to worry about nobody. You don't have to look over your shoulder. You don't have to worry anybody creeping up on you. And this is yours. Now let's see what you can do. And, you know, $14 million, that's cheap for uh, a starting quarterback in the NFL, you know, that you want, that you are invested in long term. So if he works out and maybe becomes a great starter, you know, he goes out there and put up put up decent numbers, throw 4,000 yards, you know, throw 25 touchdowns, only 12, 13 picks. I think that's a great investment, you know. And in the long term, people look at it, oh, like this was a steal. Now, flip side of the coin is Mike Glennon goes out there and stinks up the joint because it's a difference be- between being a backup and being a starter. I've been both. You prepare different. Yeah, people always say, I prepare like I'm going to be their backup. I prepare like I'm going to be a starter. You can do all that all you want to, but it's still a different mentality knowing week to week you are the starter. Because you're the backup, expectations are lower. Come in, you could just let it hang. You just let it hang loose. But for the entire week, entire seven days, entire 17 weeks of NFL season, or including the and 21 weeks, including the, the preseason, that's a lot to weigh on. So we'll see how he reacts. And if he reacts well, if he looks like a great investment by Chicago Bears, if he doesn't, it can't get any worse than what happened with my boy Jay Cutler. So you know what, $14 million, I think it's a bargain and they're going to see what he has. Now what they have to do is put piece, put some solid pieces around him. They have a good running game. Uh, and now it's time to add those other pieces and give Mike Glennon a shot and give, give Mike Glennon some weapons to work with. All right. <clears throat> and lastly, the news out of New York. My G-Man, my New York Giants sign. Uh, wide receiver, former Jet and Bear wide receiver, Brandon Marshall to a two-year, $12 million deal. Chuck, man, I feel good about this move. I like it because 
I was looking at this free agent wide receiver pool, and we're about to get into position by position on these uh, free agent uh, players. But I was sitting here saying to myself, I said, man, you got Alshon Jeffrey out there, and you have Kenny Britt. Those was about the only two big physical wide receivers I was looking at. And then I just saw that the Jets released Brandon Marshall. I said, Brandon Marshall? Oh, I know he likes to stay in New York. I know he does the uh, Inside the NFL show in New York studio. So I'm like, hmm, I, I could actually see him changing over. And also, he's a veteran wide receiver, you know, and he's hungry. And, and he, he's never really had a great quarterback besides Jeff Cutler. I mean, we can sit here and debate uh, Eli Manning and Cutler, man, but I got to say Eli Manning's a better quarterback than Cutler. But when the Giants, when Eli Manning was at the top of his game, that was when we had Plasco Burris. We haven't had that big, tall, physical wide receiver um, like uh, Plasco Burris. Um, that was years ago, about, what, six, seven years ago, and it's been a while. So now getting Brandon Marshall coming in here, playing a number two wide receiver, big red zone target, and then we move uh, Shepard, keep him in the slot, and Odell on the out. That's a nice trio right there. I like the move. And then in the draft, you already know, we'll touch on that later, man. I hope we can get O.J. Howard, but we'll see. But I like the pick up right here, getting Brandon Marshall for the Giants. All right, Chuck. What we're going to do now, we're going to transition in, and we're going to go by these free agents by position by position. We've got about 15 minutes left on the show. I'm just going to throw a couple names at you, man. Just tell the fans what you think about these guys. Maybe. I know you don't like to uh, predict what team they can, they'll land or who they should sign with, but just maybe throw out a team out there, man, that you think would be a good fit for them. So let's just start with the quarterbacks. There's not much in the free agency pool, and I'm just going off of uh, uh, the top players in this free agency pool. So quarterbacks, Tony Romo. I, right now, I'm just going to give my take real quick. I had him. I would say the best fit would be Denver or the Houston Texans. I would say probably – I would probably say the Texans just because they have overall better – well, see, it's hard. Actually, yeah, I'll have to go to Texas, man, because defense is a little bit better than Denver. I think so. And then uh, offensively, I think their offensive line is a lot better than Denver, and they have a running game. But I just think uh, – uh, I think Tony Rome would be better fit in uh, in uh, Houston. What you think, Chuck? You think Houston or Denver? Yeah. Obviously, there's two two ways to look at this: the perspective from the team and the perspective from the player. So for Tony Romo, his bet, his best bet would be the Texans because they're right there. They're a winning football team. They was nine and seven last year. They were, you know, their playoff their playoff team. They went five and one in their division. So they're a playoff team. But where they struggled at last year is, is passing. Their passing game was it was horrendous. I mean, Brock Osweiler threw more interceptions than he threw touchdowns. You know, he only completed 59% of his passes. So obviously when you look at this roster, the weakness is at the quarterback position. And that's what and Tony Romo so happens to play quarterback. He played it very, very well for a long time until he became this fragile piece. So, yes, on Tony Romo's side, the Texans be a great fit. Now you look at the team side, the Texans, on paper, initially looks great. Yes, let's bring in Tony Romo. He will feel our biggest weakness. You know, if we had Tony Romo last for the entire year last year instead of Brock Osweiler, or for the 15 games Brock Osweiler played last year, if we had Tony Romo for those, uh, you know, we might have went, we might have went eleven and five. We would have might have won two or three more games, just off just off the strength of having them on our team, you know. And they no telling what they would have done in the playoffs. But if you bring the team in, and if, if you bring Tony Romo in, and you get a healthy Tony Romo, which we haven't seen for a couple of years now, 
We haven't seen Tony Roma hasn't played full season two or three years. However, he's been. So you bring him in. He does like Tony Romo does. Come out, plays great through the preseason. And, you know, he get injured three, four, five games and halfway through the season at some point. Because to me, I don't think Tony Romo has a full season left in him. I don't think he, he's going to make the entire season no matter where he goes. So you bring him in. Now, we all know how Brock Osweiler is. I think he's a little sensitive. He had the same thing pretty much happened to him. Well, not the same thing, but he had a similar thing happen to him in Denver where, you know, he had to start – he got to start a role from Peyton Manning, and he led the team led the team towards the end of the season, and he was screwing up, and boom, Peyton Manning comes off the bench to say today. I'm sure that left some scars with Brock Osweiler. That's why he left Denver in the first place. He wanted to say, yeah, more money, opportunity, all that stuff. But we know that he, he's a prideful guy. We know how humans are. He got a little sense. That irked him the wrong way a little bit. So for that to happen again, like them bringing in Tony Romo, and it ain't no guarantee Tony Romo's going to make it through the entire season, what mental state will Brock Osweiler be in? So that's so from the Texas point of view, you know what? Maybe they don't care. They're like, just go out there and do your damn job, Brock Osweiler. Man up. You know, have some mental toughness. You know, that's that's the philosophy I would take, but we don't know. So bringing Tony Romo, it ain't as simple as I think as as people make it out to to be because I don't think Tony Romo's gonna make the whole season. But the Texans, if I'm him, would be the first on my list. All right, <clears throat> let's look at the running back group. Which one of these running backs, if he was a GM, and let's say you got a good offensive line. And you may about maybe just need that running back, that one piece away. So let me name some names. You just throw out who's the top of this list for you. All right, Adrian Peterson, Chris Johnson, Derek McFadden, Eddie Lacy, Latavius Murray, Denard Robertson, Legarrette Blunt, and Jaquez Rogers. Who who's the number one free agent? Is what you asking? Yeah, out 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 this group that you assign. I mean, it depends on my team, but. I get what you're saying. I like Adrian Peterson the most, but he's not getting much love in this in this free agency, and I understand why. You know, he's a physical runner. He hasn't played for – similar to Tony Romo's situation. He hasn't played a full season in a while. So why am I signing this guy to big money that I can't count on? You mm-hmm. know? So – but he's a talented guy, but he's older now. And, yes, Adrian Peterson is a freaking nature. So he's gonna age differently than a than a, a mere mortal. But past two years, he hasn't proven that to me. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. So he's the most talented guy out there. But I would be skeptical of signing him. But he's my favorite as a GM. I don't know if I would sign him because there's plenty of talent in the draft at the running back position. So if I get him for super cheap, I get it for super cheap. If, if I can get an Adrian Peterson coupon, I use it. But if I got to pay him too much money, it's out of my price range, I'm cool. And the rest of those free agents, same, same with them. I mean, I, I'm not sold on any of those other guys either, really. So, uh, But Adrian Peterson would be my first choice. And the one thing that Adrian Peterson, he's going to find out when he tests his free agency market is that it's tough, man. For a 32-year-old running back who's had trouble staying healthy, and you got to keep in mind that Adrian still thinks this is 2008, 2009, 2010 Adrian Peterson where, you know, he thinks he's going to put up close to 2,000 yards rushing. But you, you got to keep in mind, man, you're 32 years old, man. And, and on top of that, 
you got high contract demands. I mean, you you know, if you come in here and and you offer a discount to a winning team, let's say like the Raiders who need a running back right now because they're going to let Tavis Murray test the uh, market. But, you know, if I'm the Raiders and Reggie McKenzie, we already know he's a great GM. If he gives him a, a prove-it deal that you can't stay healthy for a full season, let's say about two years, maybe like the uh, Brandon Marshall deal, two-year, $12 million deal, something like that, or maybe a one-year, $4 million deal, something like that, then, yeah, I'll take it, man. I mean, I, th- I think Reggie McKenzie was signing a heartbeat, but I think Adrian Peterson, man, with his ego, I think he's like, nah, nah, I can't do that. Hex, nah, me signing for, for $4 million, nah, I can't do that, but – I think he's going to find this market very tough, man, because this draft, like you said, Chuck, there's a lot. This is probably one of the best running back drafts we had in years. I mean, dude, all the way up to about the seventh round, you can get quality star running backs, man. I mean, this draft is that loaded. So, yeah, I feel you on that. All right, let's talk about the wide receiver market real quick. You got Alshon Jeffrey, Ted Ginn Jr., Terrell Pryor, Anquan Bowden, Kenny Britt, and Kendall Wright and Michael Floyd. Anybody off this list? Alshon Jeffrey. He's okay. uh, you know he's he's the talented guy. He's the most talented guy on there. Uh, he's the, you know he's still he's still young. You know uh, I, his potential hasn't been reached. He's a big target. Uh, you know he has some he has some decent seasons. You know, but the past couple of years have been very disappointing. But you can also point that to the fact that he didn't play full seasons. You know, he's been injured. And my boy Jay Cutler was the quarterback. So you can attribute a lot to that. So a fresh start for him. He's still young. I think he's only going to be, what, 27? Uh, so, no, nah, Alshon Jeffrey is at the top of that list. Hands All right. Up. All right, offensive line. You got the tackles. Let's start with the tackles. Mike Reamers, former Panther. Bingo, former Bengals, Andrew Whitworth. Russell Kong, uh, Riley Reef, Kelvin Beecham, Matt Khalil, Andre Smith, Ryan Clady, and Menelik Watson. Then offensive guards, you have Kevin Zietler, Austin Pastor, uh, Larry Warford, TJ Lang, Luke Joko, John Jerry, and Jahari Evans, and Tim Leto. And then at the center position, you have my boy Nick Mango and Packers uh, center J.C. Tratter. So I know that's a lot, man. And you look at this list, it's a lot of solid names on here, but you kind of got to put an asterisk by a lot of these guys because a lot of them um, have been injury prone and haven't played a full season in a while. But Chuck, it's going off well, that you, long list, man. Who's a couple of them? No, well, you don't have to put no asterisk by Andrew Whitworth. I mean, Andrew Whitworth, yeah, I yeah. think he is the cream. Obviously, I'm biased, but he's the cream of this, the, the crop at any position, tackle, guard, center. He's the cream of the crop. Uh, you talk about Andrews, this dude has I, – I don't think he's missed a game in like four, three or four or five years or whatever it's been. And he's been playing against the top top talent. He's been playing against the top defensive ends in the AFC North. I mean, he's he's been – for years, he's been battling head-to-head with Terrell Suggs, who we know is vicious and should eventually, I guess, be a Hall of Famer. But going head-to-head with guys like that, uh, Andrew Whitworth, cream of the crop. Uh, the, especially at the tackle position, hands down. Don't let his age get to you. Offensive linemen age differently than running backs and receivers and all that stuff because they're dependent on speed and quickness. Offensive linemen, you just got to have quick feet, which you would never lose. I know y'all seen them old men out on the dance floor moving their feet, doing an electric slide, all that stuff. So you never lose your feet as long as you got healthy knees. Andrew, Andrew Whitworth has healthy knees. And as long as he stay in that, stay in that weight room, get strong, he's a big dude. 
Uh, I think he still has a lot in the tank, and my Bengals better need to resign. He has to be the number one top priority. He shouldn't even be out there right now in the market, uh, but he is. But he's the top of it. Nick Mango, uh, I think he still has something left in the tank. And then uh, I'm also biased about Zeitler. I think Zeitler uh, has been, uh, I won't say underrated because he's getting his props, but he's he's solid out there too. So it's a lot of good guys out there. Uh, but Andrew Whitworth, hands down, cream of the crop. All right. <clears throat> Seattle Seahawks, did you, did you just hear that list? That's all you guys need to do this offseason. Concentrate on that offensive line. You understand? Because right now you got your franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson. You don't have nobody on the offensive line. Go get some linemen. Like, all right, Seattle, that should be your free agency priority. Get some offensive linemen. All right. Defensive line. So we cross off Khalil's camp off the list. Uh, so you got Jared Odrick. Jabal Sheard, Mario Williams, Chris Long, um, Ziggy Hood, and Chris Baker. Those are your defensive ends, your defensive tackles. You got Brandon Williams, Frosty Rucker, uh, Sylvester Williams, Don Terry Poe, Nick Fairley, Jonathan Hankins, and Benny Logan. Anybody on this list that stands out to you, Chuck? Not really. Not anybody I'd be excited about. Uh, Your first mention, I, I guess, Jared Odrick, how you say his name? Odrick, Odrick, whatever. Odrick, he's been yeah. Odrick, yeah. There you go. He's beginning some some play. Or he's beginning some press. Let me say he's beginning some press. I don't really know why. I'm not. I'm not sold on a guy. I mean, I guess he'd make a decent backup, bring him in in certain situations. But I'm not excited about him. Uh, and Mario, we know Mario Williams. No, I'm cool. He, he's earned enough money. Just retired player. You know. Uh, no, I, there's nobody really on that list that I get too, too, you know, that excited about. Uh, but, you know, you're not looking for that pass rushing all-star that's going to command a lot of money. So there's some guys out there that can still play some, play some football. So just pick, just pick them off the list because nobody on that list excites me. For me, the defensive tackles, there are three. Brandon Williams, former Ravens, that, this dude is a stud. I mean, you talking about clogging that middle, and I've just read that the Giants are pretty much going to let Johnson Hankins walk, which I'm kind of upset about because I understand, um, you know, Hankins is 24, 25. He's looking to get paid. But think about Brandon Williams looking to get paid too, man. I mean, I mean, you saw what he did in Baltimore. I mean, this is undrafted. A guy came in there and made a name for himself, and he's hard to move. I mean, he's like a mountain, man. He reminds me of Ted Washington, man. I like this guy. Plus, he can add a little pressure uh, of getting to the quarterback. And I like Don Terry Poe. I think he's solid as well. And then another one you got to keep your eye on is Benny Logan, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles defense tackle, man. I like this guy. He's like a baby Brian, Brandon Williams, man, but I like him as well. So, hey, Giants, man, Raiders, y'all need defensive tackle help. I mean, go, go and get one of these guys. Go on and get them. All right. Linebacker position. Uh, outside linebacker, huh? you got Trent Cole, Lorenzo Alexander, Nick Perry. Uh, Julius Peppers and Jarvis Jones, and then the Mike linebacker position got Kevin Minter, Zach Brown, who had an excellent 2016 season, went to the Pro Bowl first time. Dante Hightower, uh, Keenan Robinson, Perry Riley, and Lawrence Timmons, and Manti Teo. I forgot about Manti Teo. So, Chuck, with the <laughs> linebacker position, <laughs> with the linebacker position, man, anybody on here? Well, everybody know I love Julius Peppers. Uh, Julius Peppers. He's been one of my favorite athletes. He went to North Carolina. Uh, 
I I just love him. I don't care how old he is. He could be fifty years old. I still want Julius Peppers. He be he be seventy two years old. I still want Julius Peppers on my team. So Julius Peppers hands down. But then again, I'm biased. All right. You look at the cornerback position, man. Only thing I see on this list, man, Dre Kirkpatrick. I mean, Morris Claiborne, not bad. Prince Makamore. I ain't going to really speak on Darrell Revis. I'm cool on him. DJ Hayden, I'm cool on. Not really much from the cornerback position, safety position. Got Micah Hyde, who I like from my Raiders, man. I like, I think he's a good young, uh, solid guy. Um, and then you have TJ McDonald out the Rams, but that's about it. But anyway, uh, fans, I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Um, happy hunting, happy free agent hunting and shopping. Um, hopefully your team uh, can get some good bargain deals. Um, hopefully uh, my Raiders and Giants can continue to invest, uh, um, you know, shop for some good cheap bargain deals. Um, don't need to go out here and spend all that money because we know teams like the Browns, Jags, and all them, that's why they have all that money because they they messed up in frequency over the years. But that being <laughs> said, Meek and Chuck and the rest of the team, 32 teams, you be all right, B. We see you guys next week. All right.